Well, and I can pray that. I mean, truly, genuinely ask God to search me and show me my heart because in Romans 8.1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. And I, I mean, I, I don't have to be perfect. I can pray that because that promise from God is true. And if I live trying to be perfect, which I have, oh, I've tried it yes. plenty of times. Yes. <laughs> but and, if and I've matured but, a lot in that. Yes, but it's because the gospel message has become everyday real yes. to me. It's not just about salvation. It is everyday the power, you know, in my life. Welcome to episode 30 of the Redeemed Hearts Podcast where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. In this week's episode, A Mother's Prayer, Worley and Danina will be discussing the importance of prayer in the life of motherhood and parenting in general. To all the mothers out there, we hope you have a great Mother's Day this week. Thanks so much for listening today. Here's Worley and Danina. Hi there. We are aware that Mother's Day is upon us. And because of that, we want to speak really to the challenge of being a mom in today's world. And as I think about Mother's Day, I'm very grateful for my mom. Mm. I uh, miss her as um, she's gone on to be with the Lord too soon for us. Um, I'm grateful for your mom. I have a very good relationship with my mother-in-law, and that is a a really sweet gift for me. Both very special to both mm-hmm. of us. And then what a gift my kids are to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have a new daughter-in-law mm-hmm. that um, fun. is a special gift to me as I think about Mother's Day. And I also think about the fact that there are people out there that Mother's Day is a painful day mm-hmm. um, for them. Maybe they're having a hard time, you know, even getting pregnant and becoming a mom, or they haven't been blessed with um, a mom who was, um, you know, a healthy person for them in their life. And so I think today um, what we're going to talk about, even just the comfort that comes from um, what we're going to talk about yes. is is good on it's all of those here. accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about being a mom and really, you know, all of us, whether you're a mom or a dad, <clears throat> um, we want great things for our kids. Um but wanting something for our kids and then realizing what we want for them, you know, doesn't really always happen as easily. And if it does happen, um, it's rarely easy. And there, because there are just too many things um, that are going against our kids today. And so there can kind of be a, sometimes a heaviness in today's culture of raising our kids mm-hmm. and even a fearfulness mm-hmm. of. Um, the culture that we're raising our kids in, and are we going to have what it takes to prepare them for this world that we live in? And as I was thinking about some of that heaviness, um, there were some jokes <laughs> that came to mind that kind of just you know lightened this. And I thought, so we're, so we're so, going to tell, so a, couple tell jokes. a couple jokes. Yeah, that, All right. that might be um, a little different for us. But Worley heard me laughing out loud reading these. <laughs> the other day in the house, and um, I thought, we'll just share those with you all. Um, There's a story 
about three sons who left home and went out on their own and prospered. Getting back together, they discussed the gifts that they were able to give their elderly mother. The first one said, I built a big house for our mother. The second one said, well, I sent her a Mercedes with a driver. The third smiled and said, I've got you both beat. You know how much mom enjoys the Bible, and you know she can't see very well anymore. I sent her a brown parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 monks in a monastery 12 years to teach him. Whoa. I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 a year for 10 years. So these are wealthy sons. Yes. They've done quite well. And competitive with Mm -hmm. each other. But that $100,000 a year for 10 years was worth it. Mom just has to name the chapter and the verse, and the parrot will recite it to her. This is before Alexa. I was going to (laughs) say, must be, but what a deal. Yeah. Soon after, Mom sent out her letters of thanks to each son. Milton, she wrote the first son, the house she built is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Mm. Marvin, she wrote to another, I'm too old to travel, so I stay home all the time. So I never use the Mercedes, and that driver is so rude. Mm. Dearest Melvin, she wrote to her third son, you are the only son to have the good sense to know what your mother likes. That chicken was delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. $100,000 a year for that chicken. uh, That is Mm -hmm. awesome. I could see that happening. (laughs) You got a joke? Yes. Okay. All right, so here we go. So perhaps you've heard the story of Fred, who at 32 years old is still single. One day a friend asked, why aren't you married? Can't you find a woman who will be a good wife? Fred replied, actually, I found many women I wanted to marry, but when I bring them home to meet my parents, my mother doesn't like them. Uh Uh-oh. Surprise, surprise. His friend thinks for a moment and says, I've got the perfect solution. Just find a girl who's just like your mother. A few months later, they meet again, and his friend says, did you find the perfect girl? Did your mother like her? With a frown on his face, Fred answers, yes, I found the perfect girl. She was just like my mother. You were right. My mother liked her very much. The friend said, then what's the problem? Fred replied, my father doesn't like her. Ooh. (laughs) Well, we'll step back into being a little bit more serious as we talk about Mother's Day now. And let's talk some about the many things that um, you know, as mothers, as fathers today, really, that we are facing that are really against our kids' own well-being. Yeah, so there's this isn't an exhaustive list, but the first one that we've talked about, you and I talked about, is our kids um, are against their own well-being. And by that, I mean that at the root of every human being is selfishness. And you know this as you raise kids. It seems to come out fairly early that you see, hmm, They're selfish. They, like all of us, have sin natures that compel them to marginalize God and his will and you and your will as a parent. And Mm -hmm. so even the best kids can often be their own worst enemies simply because they're intent on going their own way. And in so doing, they miss the mark. Mm -hmm. So they're against themselves. Mm -hmm. And certainly another thing against them is really just the pain of life. Uh, everyone at some point experiences failure or rejection, and these things are so often the soil in which bad choices come to fruition. 
mean, it's, it's, I mean, we're going to, because we're not home yet, we're going to experience pain in life. And then, I mean, the choices that we make in response to that pain. Um, and, and you mentioned in your opening that the heaviness to being a mom, and, mm-hmm. and this is part of what we're talking about, these these two things and the other things is there's a lot of joy in being a mom, but if you're realistic and honest, there are these things, and certainly pain's one of them. And when our kids suffer, we suffer. Very much so. Yeah. So. yeah. Genesis speaks to that. Yes. Um, so another thing against our kids is just the ideolo- ideology of the world. Um, and the, that can be a real sinister enemy to, to our kids because the world makes them think it is for them by tantalizing them with promises of fulfillment and happiness only to give them empty, emptiness and heartache. Uh, the lust for power or fame or possessions or being around the wrong kinds of people are all elements of worldliness, and it's in direct opposition to the peaceful contentment found from God. Mm-hmm. And then we haven't even mentioned the sinfulness of—I mean, we've talked about it within our own children that's against them, their own sinful heart that's even e- easily deceived. But we're also talking about mentioning the sinfulness of others, which our kids are encountering constantly. There's the— jealousies and the envy and the bullying and the meanness and the possessiveness and, you know, the evil um, that is in this world that can come their way. There's alcoholism and drug abuse and, you know, just injustices, abusiveness, sexual misconduct. I mean, those are uh, really simply manifestations of the darker issues. But our kids are living in a world where they will be exposed to all of this. And as a parent, that's a big responsibility to prepare our kids, you know, for um, just the impact of the sinfulness of others. So so it's a question of what's a mom to do? Ooh. Yeah, with the, how does she live with the reality of these things for her kids and still want and hope for them to navigate these things so they experience success and good things that God has for them? How does a mom live with these things and not be consumed by anxiety and fear? How can she experience peace as she's involved with the lives of her children? So a few years ago, you gave a sermon called A Mother's Peace, where you looked at several scriptures about prayer and applied it to the lives of Mm -hmm. us as moms. And the conclusion in this sermon was the only constant source of peace for a mom involved with her kids is through her ongoing walk with the Lord and a persistent prayer life. And that was very comforting to you know, me at that season of life and and still is. And so, um, and we know that's that's a truth from, you know, God's word. And so we wanted to share some of those that from that sermon today. Yeah. So the central theme of that message was if you want to be a mom who's at peace, then you must be a mom who's at prayer. Say that again. If you want to be a mom who's at peace, then you must be a mom who's at prayer. So today we're gonna discuss the different points from that sermon, and I want you to interact with me as I discuss those, kind of go back and forth a little bit, but you being a mom, but also being a woman of prayer, something that has continued to develop in you over the years. I think this can be a really good discussion. Mm -hmm. So um, why don't you read Philippians 4, 5, last part of 5 down through verse 7, and we're going to talk about that for a few minutes. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we've talked about this verse and it talks about anxiety before, but this this particular, you know, here is just to talk about this idea of, of experiencing peace in your life amidst, amidst things that create anxiety. And it just starts right off the bat, the Lord is at hand. I love that. I mean, to me, that sets the tone for the whole part of what Paul's saying here. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is present. The Lord is near. He's, he's with us. The Spirit within us um, is His presence with us. Um, so He knows what is going on with you and your children. And then Psalm 91 um, is a great psalm, if, if you don't know it, that gives comfort in this regard. And you're going to read some, if not all, of Psalm mm-hmm. 91 to, to hear how, how this is comforting to all of us, but thinking of you moms in particular. And think of this with your as I read this, with the anxiety and worry and concern. And, you know, maybe your worry today is turning into fretting. And, you know, God's Word says our fretting can lead to evil doing. <laughs> so think, think about these promises in that context with whichever child or, or, you know, whatever circumstances you're fearful or concerned. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress in God, in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that comes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. I can remember when my sister was at MD Anderson going through it, my sister Christy with her cancer and 18-hour surgery, mm-hmm. and we were all waiting. There was a woman in our church who sent a picture of an angel, and he was a fierce angel. Mm. Um, and, you know, pictured over her um, during that surgery. And... Um, and with that verse that he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And it stood out to me that 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 picture she sent was not, you know, just a pretty little white angel. Mm -hmm. It was a fierce going to battle warrior, powerful powerful angel that will guard you in all your ways. Um, And, you know, then uh, he says, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So the, you know, the idea here in that psalm, and then we're back in in Philippians, is just uh, verse 1 and <clears throat> there of, of the psalm says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So the Lord is near, and He being near invites us constantly to communion 
and to this sheltering in abiding in his shadow. The picture speaks for itself, one who stays close to God and in one who's so doing is constantly in his shadow, being provided care and protection from the elements. The mother hen picture there under, under her wings. And then the first part of verse 4 speaks to that. Just the baby bird or a chick is no safer place than that from the elements and being under the wings of, of his mom. Um, and so a believing mom is that she should, you know, be able to pray for her kids be- because not only is she a mother to them, but she's mothered. She's cared for in this way um, and protected. And-, and I think of those layers of, I mean, if I am under the Most High, I mean, if I am sheltered under the Most High and I, you know, picture those wings over me, and then I picture me as a mother, of course, I'm going to be, you know, a healthy, good mom's going to have her protective wings over my child. You know, then my child's under that layer of protection from me as a mom. But, you know, as I'm placing myself under the most high, also under the protection, you know, of God. And, you know, eventually they will know Christ themselves and, and, be, and be under just that. Think just experiencing that that protection and knowing that's there for you frees you up. You're able to focus on being able to be that for your kids. You mentioned a healthy mom. Well, and a, you know, what mom doesn't really want to be that for her kids? Well, there, you know, are some that, you know, are going down bad paths. They're more, they're selfish. They're, you know, doing drugs. They're, they're taking care of them and their own pain and their own needs. And, they're not doing this for their child. So But but part of what then enables you to do that then is this, you know, the the picture here of of what God does mm-hmm. for you. Yes, it's a great illustration. So then it goes on in Philippians 4, verse 5 says, Do not be anxious about anything. So I think because he's near, you can cast these things upon him. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And it says, do this in everything. And that's what the word means, everything. By prayer and supplication means you just talk to him. And that, that, that it's written here with a sense of urgency. So this isn't just going through the motion in prayers. This is deep, strong pleas for God to pay attention to you and to deal with your request. So you're not giving in, giving in to your anxieties and fears and worries, but you're intentionally speaking with God about everything from the depths of your being. And you're to do so as you do it with thanksgiving. I mean, there's, there's the perspective and realization of that you don't go with a demanding spirit, but that you recognize that God is God, you're not God. It's he who gives to his children. So I think moms can be all about this kind of prayer life. As, and, and as they are, Paul says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Hmm. And sometimes when it's a hard season in parenting, or maybe you're impacted by the painful choices of your children, I mean, sometimes that peace comes through thanking God um, for the work he's doing in you through that suffering. Or, you know, for me, sometimes I've been able to say, you know, God, thank you 
um, for this place where I realize that I am not God, that I am helpless, that I have very little control here, and reminding me of who you are. Um, thank you, you know, that you love my children more than me, that even, you know, you may even allow them to go down this hard path because of something that is far greater than I could ever see that you're doing in my child. And so that thanksgiving, it's a non-demanding spirit, but it's also putting that focus back on who I am in light of who God is mm. and that what he's doing is um, it's in the best interest of eternity mm. for my child always. Um, he's always calling our children to be reconciled back to him first and foremost. And then in that, you know, we can be reconciled to each other or you know, whatever that that's good that might be. And, and I think, you know, sometimes a mom has a hard time praying. Um, uh, you know, life is super busy today. And, um, and, you know, many moms will just say, I have a hard time letting prayer be a major part of my life. And even when I do pray, I don't know that there's ever much lasting peace with it. I take it right back and it's hard to pray. Um, and it's really hard to pray when life is so hard. And because prayer can be very hard to do and it's very hard to maintain and stick with, it very well may be that the mom is not realizing the ongoing, you know, peace that she has. And and the last part of this verse that you read, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think that's what I need as a mom. I need my mind mm -hmm. to be guarded. By the peace of God. And so um, let's go through five points here that will help, you know, us as moms to, you know, understand how to pray and, um, you know, how, how to develop this life where uh, we have a prayer life amidst the anxiety and fear and concern for our children and, you know, even all that's going on in the world. Yeah, so the title of the podcast is the same as the title of the sermon. It's A Mother's Peace, and that's really what we're wanting. And we're saying peace comes through, let's cultivate this kind of prayer life. And so we want the first point here is that your prayer would be accompanied by a proper perspective. So Proverbs 31.30 says that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so to fear the Lord, the phrase fear the Lord an important word that's used throughout the Proverbs as it begins, Proverbs does, with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then in Proverbs 19, it says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. And then later uh, in Proverbs 23, it says, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. And then in Psalm 147, 11, it says, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. So what is the fear of the Lord? Mm -hmm. And one commentator says that the fear of the Lord means what it says it means, that you fear. So it is healthy and correct perspective uh, when, when you fear the Lord to recognize the power and greatness of God. And you know, when you're really afraid, you elevate that thing mm -hmm. that you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. I mean, it consumes mm -hmm. the mind mm -hmm. and the emotions and figuring out how to fix this thing mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so there, there's an elevating 
the person of God in that, in fearing God. And you know, if if we if God wasn't our dad, our daddy, as Abba would say, then we should be in terror of God. If we took him for who he really is, we would be trembling. The demons tremble. Mm-hmm. Um, human beings in their right minds tremble or, you know, would in, in the presence of God. Israel trembled when God showed himself on the mountain before the Ten Commandments. They, they were so afraid because of his, in that case, judging presence. But we tend to got, have gotten soft on this because we're his children. We've been, and I'm talking to believers here, you know, we've been adopted into his family, saved by his grace. And so we tend to not necessarily see him in this light, but he is an awesome God, a great God. Jesus calmed the storms. Um, Jesus had power over, you know, sin. I mean, excuse me, over sickness. He showed through Lazarus. He had power over death. So a powerful God. We look around us and see creation, and we see the evidence of his power. So to fear God takes into account all that he is and that he has every right to ask us to live according to his character and his character being holy and good, and that he has a right to enact judgment. Um, It's his prerogative to show grace and to show mercy, um, to enforce consequences, and sometimes he's very gracious, and, you know, the experience that our kids might have from consequences might might be mild. But uh, I think in the fear of the Lord, it means I realize my vulnerabilities and my own need, and I want to stay in right relationship with this powerful God who loves me. So, um, I would say moms, fear the Lord. Um, Believe and trust that God is who he says he is, that he's strong and powerful and sovereign over all the events that I or my children will ever face. He's the one you want to be in constant contact with over your children, the one who can do something about their lives. He's the one to fear, not their problems, not the people in their world, not all that opposes them. He's the one who fears. He's the one who knows best. And this will keep your prayers from being consumed by your own selfishness. Mm -hmm. So you must keep that proper perspective. Someone once said, when you fear God, you have nothing else to fear. And Luke 150 says, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So do you have anything to add? I would just say that I think we're living in this kind of post-truth, post-Christian era that we um, we are up against people wanting to make God in our own image. Mm-hmm. We're wanting to make God like us. So I'm not going to fear a God who's like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this this impacts our prayer life as moms because if I see God like me, I've made him, you know, comfortable and safe and, you know, in in my own image, whatever that might be, um, then I'm not going to go to him in prayer, seeing him as a God who has power. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a big thing today to even, you know, go back to not even, you know, believing in original sin, that our kids are born with a sin nature. If we don't start there, 
and believe we need a savior Mm -hmm. for our sin, then why as a mom am I going to pray? I mean, so our view of God, which is what you're saying Mm -hmm. here with perspective, is it's critical for me to pray because that's who I'm praying to. Mm-hmm. So, Helps. Yeah. yeah. So so let your prayer be accompanied by this perspective, a proper perspective. And the next is to let your prayer be accompanied by personal integrity. So what does this mean? And it really flows from the first point that one who fears God wants to live holy. Your effort is for God to continually help you deal with your sin. You mentioned that. And also deal with your child's sin. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no perfect mom. That can be troublesome. Hallelujah. That, but that can be troublesome for moms. Yep. Lots of pressure to and be part the perfect of, But mom. part of it is we're trying to control pain there. Mm-hmm. If I can be perfect, this is the lie. If I can be perfect, then, you know, then uh, my kid won't mm-hmm. make, you know, they won't go down a path that brings suffering. Or if I can be perfect, then my child won't reject me, which will cause suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all, as women, constantly about, you know, we can make an idol mm-hmm. every day, get up and serve, not hurting, not, not hurting, having Not pain. you hurting, not your kids hurting. Because if my kid suffers, I'm going to suffer. Yeah, and so peace is actually entering into this reality that says, you know, it, God is who he is. And then this next part is, because of that, I want to be different. I'm not like you, God. I want to be different. And he commands us, be different, be holy, be you know, be don't be like the world. Deal with your sin. And we can deal with our sin because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's he's the one who's our advocate, the one who's taken the place for our sin. Um, but um, if, you, if you try to be perfect, you're going to negatively impact your kids. Mm-hmm. And your own anxiety for your kids will be what drives you in some of what you do with them. So recognizing that we're sinners. We have subtle motivations that impact us as we involve ourselves in relationships can be helpful. Um, even say, that you know, moms might be praying like crazy for your kids. All the while you have anger and bitterness or pride or fear or controlling spirit that's in your own heart. And that is going to impact the way that you mm-hmm. interact with your kids. And mm-hmm. without knowing it, you could be undermining the very prayers you're praying. So humility is always called for with a healthy amount of introspection where you're praying that God helps you with your sins. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hmm. Any other comments? Well, and I can pray that. I mean, truly, genuinely ask God to search me and show me my heart because in Romans 8, 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for Mm -hmm. those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. And I I mean, I, I don't have to be perfect. I can pray that because that promise from God is true. And if I live trying to be perfect, which I have, oh, I've tried it yes. plenty of times. Yes. <laughs> but and, if and I you've matured but, a lot in that. Yes, but it's because the gospel message has become 
every day real yes. to me. It's not just about salvation. It mm-hmm. is every day the power, you know, in my life. And that that changes everything um, as far as that drive to be perfect. And the thing I would say to moms about that, that I was convicted of several years, is if I'm trying to be perfect— then how, what am I teaching my children about what mm. do they do with their sins? Right. Because they're far from perfect. So, I mean, what am I teaching them about how to live with their sin and what to do with their sin and what to just do? Maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's just, you know, painful failure mm. in an area. It has nothing to do with sin. I mean, what what am I teaching them, you know, in in that? And because of the work God did in my life— you know, I've um, probably, I, I did more of that kind of living, you know, earlier on with, you know, our second child than I did our first. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> you mean yeah. he's still trying to be perfect? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he does fairly well. Yes, at, he does. <laughs> recognizing and dealing be, with that. Because, you know, God has taught us this and we have gone back and, you know, we've had some of these conversations Many. over and over and over again, both of us. So anyway. So, so you want your prayer also to be accompanied by personal integrity is what I'm saying there. Deal with your own heart mm-hmm. before the Lord. And you just, you know, said there, the key in that is the gospel. We can. Our hearts have been redeemed. We've been made new. We, you said because it's not just about salvation, it, and it is in that we've been saved and we're being saved. We're in this process. Now, our Security is based upon, you know, the initial salvation, but, you know, God continues to work on us. Mm-hmm. And so we can we can commune closely with Him in this way. <laughs> so um, the next one that we want to mention here is to, to let your prayer be accompanied by parenting. So what I want to make here, the point is, is that kids, that, you know, kids need parents who parent. So Amen. It's, so it's not <laughs> it's not just praying for your kids. There's an engagement mm-hmm. here, constant guidance, guidance involvement. It's not enough to feed them, water them, and let them grow, as someone I know used to say about their philosophy of parenting. Prayers will not help your kids very much if you, as a mom, and speaking to dads, if you're listening too, if you're not taking the time to give your kids direction and love and encouragement through the many issues they're facing. And I know there's a point as your kids leave home that you're not able to parent in the same way, um, and in some cases, not at all, and that grandparents have limitations on what they can do with their kids and grandkids, but primarily speaking to those who continue to have opportunity with their kids to exhort and teach and train and lead and love their kids by being very engaged in their lives. And I think that's the heart of what God commanded Israel in Deuteronomy 6. You want to read 6.5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And we're going to say a little more about this in our next podcast and, um, on parenting. But but just to you know, say 
and we encounter this with people we meet with, young parents and so forth, you have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. This does not happen. So what you're doing with your kids and you're teaching them about who God is and what does the gospel mean in your life and in their life. And then, of course, practically, there's lots of things that you continue to not only teach, but they learn just by watching. So, And part of what we're praying about is wisdom. Mm-hmm. To know how to parent them, like what, you know, God, what consequences would work for this child? God, show me who this child is so I can parent them according to their own bent and who you've made them to be um, that's different than their brother and their sister. And I need insight here. I need to know, you know, this consequence may work with this child, but not this child. I mean, so that prayer life that we're talking about here, that's why we didn't start with parenting. We started with prayer. Mm-hmm. Because we, as parents, don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We don't know the heart of our child and even how God's made them without studying them, thinking about them, and then praying that God would, you know, really show us our child to know. And and I would just—and, you know, we, Eric, as technology increases, as the world continues to get advanced— and we did encounter new things with our kids that maybe wasn't there five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. A statement from God that says, the heart of man I know very well, and I am not wowed or unable to deal with the situations you're dealing with. He will help us we, mm-hmm. as we deal with our kids' hearts as they are in a world that, you know, is different. And, and there are some challenges that, that parents are facing with their kids today that are, that are different in the way they're fleshed out mm-hmm. because of some of those things. So let your prayer be accompanied by parenting and then, then let your prayer be accompanied by participating in it with others. I think this is important because it can be very hard to pray alone. Mm -hmm. If you're an introvert like me, you might be able to pray alone better than some extroverts. Now, I don't always, Mm -hmm. but I think some, I'm just acknowledging the reality that this, for some, it can be really hard to pray alone and that, and that there's a power, uh, in being vulnerable enough with others to pray with others. And, and by that, I just mean when you're vulnerable with somebody else, you're sharing your heart, there's a real power that comes there. There's also an accountability that comes when you pray with others. So I'm encouraging moms, pray with others for your children. If you're married, insist that your husband pray with you for your children. Mm-hmm. And so only in the case of if, you're, if your spouse is not believing and they just refuse not to pray, then, then I understand that's not going to happen. But if your spouse is a believer and they say they're a believer, then it's okay to expect they are going to pray with you for your children. So I even, when I preached a sermon and was talking to our, our group, I said, don't take no for an answer. Um, tell your husband that's what you want for your birthday, moms. For for all of you moms who your kids are still in school, there is in many communities, I know there is in ours, moms in prayer groups. Mm-hmm. There's often church prayer meetings. Um, and just saying that parents, moms, we're in this together. We must stick together lest our children become more dominating 
um, I don't know what I meant by that phrase, but but basically, it's very, very important that we commit ourselves to praying with others for our kids. Um, any comments there? Well, you know, I was thinking that there is, I mean, there is the time that we have to pray alone, and it, um, you know, always, when I think about prayer, and um, it always reminds me of Susanna Wesley, um, and uh, just that she delivered 19 children. Golly. Yeah, but nine, including two sets of twins, died in infancy, and mm. another was actually accidentally smothered in the night by a nurse wow. as Susanna recovered from labor and delivery. And um, I, I just think about the fact that she, um, I mean, one of the things that, you know, she said early in her life is that she vowed that she would never spend more time in leisure entertainment than she did in prayer and Bible study. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and even in the most complex and busy years of her life as a mom, she still scheduled two hours each day of fellowship with God and time in His Word. And she adhered to that, you know, faithfully. And one of the things that she did, her, um, you know, solution was to bring her Bible to her favorite chair and throw her long apron up over her head. And this became something kind of known as her tent of meeting, her tabernacle, basically, that she would go to. And even, you know, all the stories say that every person in the household, from the smallest toddler to the oldest domestic helpers, knew that they better respect that, you know, signal. When she was under her apron, she was with God and was not to be disturbed except in case of emergency. That's funny. <laughs> it is. I mean, and that's always been like, I mean, very convicting story, but I thought, how else in the world could you give birth and parent that many children um, and, you know, live your life well apart from that kind of communing, you know, with God? And I, there are stories about how each of the children that lived, what they've gone on to do mm-hmm. and I mean, it's amazing to follow their their paths and to think, you know, that that started with a mom. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason I've been in Moms in Prayer for um, uh, 23, I think, yeah, 23 years now. Wow. Um, started when Taylor was pre-K. Mm. And um, for those of you that don't know about Moms in Prayer, I would encourage you to go to momsinprayer.org and you can you know, make contact with somebody there and they'll help you, you know, get in contact with somebody to know how to start a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I pray so much better with, you know, Moms in Prayer is very intentional and focused in, and you don't really have to be good at praying. I mean, you're praying little sentence prayers and you can even just observe when you first come. Um, it's very, can be a very non-threatening environment, but it can help you learn how to start praying for your kids. Um, and you've always told me that you've also been moved by the prayers that you hear other moms praying for your child. Absolutely, because they think of things to pray that I don't for my children. And so it, it's it's a gift. And there are groups that are prodigal moms in prayers, uh-huh. and that is such a comfort. Um, I often tell moms who are living with a prodigal child, find a prodigal moms in prayer group or start one because— mm. You don't feel alone, mm-hmm. and and um, and they even have scriptures that you just pray for prodigals. So, it's a powerful ministry. Been around a long time, um, and 
you know, we pray every week that there'll be a moms and prayer group for every school in, you know, our area, in the United States, in the world. It's, and it's an international ministry. And some mothers in other countries will walk one way, two hours. Just to do that. To see that value of prayer. And sometimes us in America, we have a hard time taking five minutes oh, to pray for goodness. our kids. That's yeah. convicting, and it should be convicting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Susanna Wesley, that's convicting. And what it says to me is it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And our urging here for a mom, a mother, you know, to have peace, you know, this is this is where it's going to come from. And, you know, not everybody's going to be like Susanna Wesley. No. But that's why this point we're making is participate with others, and there's— this Moms in Prayer group that's in many, many communities, I dare say, around the area that we live. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look it up. Your local church could be a place. Do it with a friend. But, you know, put this into practice. And it's just, it's been a joy. You said 23 years. So I know our kids have benefited because they've had moms, you and then other moms who've had a heart for them before the Lord. And a lot of the moms in prayer, you know, moms, we all say, you you know, it's like we feel ownership of yes. all these kids. Some kids that I hardly ever see or ever yeah. have really known, yeah. but because I prayed for them. And then really, I would say to you, I mean, I thank you because you have been really good at leading us in, you know, a prayer time um, more so now than, you know, when we were first married um, but just where we really intentionally pray. And I think when you become a parent of adult kids and the older your kids get and the more you're needing to release your kids to make their own decisions and live their own life and have their own successes and their own failures. And, you know, I mean, that is, you, you're really aware that that's what you can do. Right. And so you have, our, our, you have almost no control. Right. So our prayer life has stepped up. But I've been convicted about that, that our prayer life, you know, we shouldn't have felt like we had the control that we did when they were young. Because we didn't. We should have been praying like this when they were young. And we did we did pray for them, but nothing like we do consistently now. So. so let your prayer be accompanied by participating with others. And then a final point is just let it be accompanied, let your prayer be accompanied by persistence. And so... Um, the encouragement here is don't give up, don't stop. That I we've mentioned the word supplication has the idea of strong urging. Let the anxiety and worry and pain for your children be for good by turning to God in constant prayer. So Thessalonians 5:17 says to us, pray without ceasing. James 5:17 and 18 says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So persistence is what God wants. And I love the story um, from Luke 18 mm-hmm. that Jesus uses. I'm just going to read the verse eight verses. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Jesus told a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. because Paul tells us in Galatians um, it, not to grow weary of doing good that we'll reap, don't lose heart. And then so here Jesus is saying how to always pray and not lose heart. And so Jesus said, in a certain city there was a judge 
who neither feared God nor respected man. So he's not a believer, um, this judge. And then there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, the judge refused. But afterwards, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And then Jesus said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long hour over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a picture of God's responding to his children's fervent prayers and doing so speedily. speedily. Um, and, and I think with that, he doesn't say this here, but it, you know, prayer like that develops our faith. And he says, will we fully find any faith on the earth? You pray like that. Not only is it going to give you peace, moms, but it's going to develop and strengthen your faith. So any, any final comments? Well, and it exposes in us, you know, when we don't get what we want, when we want it. Mm-hmm. Do we keep praying? Do we keep asking? And, um, I, you know, we, we also know just... I mean, that story in Luke 18, we know in, um, as well, the, you know, the other story, but it, it talks about, you know, if, if your parent who is evil knows how to good gifts for your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And it's another story like that of persistence. And, uh, I mean, God is always giving us, I like how it says that, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God's giving us as parents, as we pray persistently over and over and over again, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us everything we need Mm -hmm. for parenting, Mm -hmm. encompasses everything we need. So we know it, Danina, by what the Word says, Mm -hmm. and we also know it by experience. And we also know that the peace found for a mom is really found through a mom who's at prayer. So that's our encouragement for you. Hope you have a happy Mother's Day. Thank you again for joining us today on Redeemed Hearts Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Royal Antonina, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Hey, we want to let you know that we will be having one more episode of the podcast coming out on Monday, May 24th. Um, After that, we will be taking a break for the month of June, but we'll be back with more episodes later in the summer. Hey, please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through the website as well. God bless.